of the Wrist Cheese Radio Podcast, your place for horological hot takes, taboo topics, and often unpopular watch opinions. My name is Schmidt, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy. You guys know him. You love him. Mr. Bro Dinky. Bro, what's going on, my friend? Uh, it was a great week. You know, we're coming off St. Pat's this week. Uh, a yeah, lot of yeah, happenings, yeah. you know, so we, overall a very festive week, very fun week. Did a little parade with the kiddos. Uh, landed the new gig I was talking about, so that's good, which means yes, I'll be available sir. available for all you wonderful folks a little more as well, which is really nice, I have to say. Um, and also, my Resin Seiko showed up. <laughs> had to what do you... some battle with FedEx. But I who, know. Who I was doesn't? like, and, and you know what? I'm really pissed because I sent that next day air. Like, so, so you should have had that. Like when I sent it on Monday, you should have had it like Tuesday, like by eleven o'clock. And here's the thing, I I e-signatured it so they could just drop it. I mean, it's a hundred and eighty dollar watch. I'm like e-signature, yeah. whatever, leave it there. I got a ring doorbell. You know, I'll find the guy. <laughs> yeah, they didn't leave it. They took it back, and then after that, I was just mad, and I had had him do a hold at the facility, and just so I can go get it. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, because I, I wasn't gonna trust the person to drop it again. Yeah, right? fool me once. <laughs> I got but you. dude i gotta say i'm impressed i'm impressed with this. yeah i i wasn't sure if you were overselling it just because it was new and novel to us and it was a little different but this is a winner this is a winner of a watch yeah, obviously I, super light so. it's very very comfortable to wear the 39 millimeters for this style of it like, kind of makes you think it's like why isn't this in steel right <laughs> does it ever this is like a perfect dimension watch and the, the rubber strap is very nice. Uh, Chinese day wheel, I believe, on this one. Is it Chinese? Yeah, I didn't know. Kanji, I took Japanese in college. So I know a little bit about some symbol yeah. action there. Yeah. Kanji is, uh, you, you'll notice it's got the Sunday and Monday for moon and uh, sun and moon in Japanese. This one, it goes after the, the symbol, which is the same for sun it goes to one two and three from monday tuesday wednesday which is chinese day wheel ah okay yeah. well, some so... of the symbols overlap but not all of them and you but know that, that all... that's that's interesting but it also makes sense too because i know that this movement is like cased like the watch is fully cased in china yeah movement malaysia it said on the sticker cased in china yeah but I gotta say, I'm very impressed with it. It's a lot of fun. It's it's been a great wear. It really it like evaporates on the wrist, which I love. I yeah. love watches yeah, yeah. that like feel like I'm wearing almost nothing. And I just like it a lot. The acrylic crystal, it gives you a lot of that good flecto all the kids talk about all the time. It's just a very fun piece. And I think they should make these in steel. And I'm gonna use try to use all of my non-existent influence to push that <laughs> into the universe <laughs> <laughs> or, or just just get it so we can get these in the u.s i mean my god they're so freaking cool yeah, i mean people even just recently i mean just have been hitting us up and just like we we're interested we we need to either get these here or you got to tell me how to get these <laughs> yeah i know i know it's kind of crazy there's a lot of people in the dms right now about it but rightfully so this is a super fun watch this yeah. is like if they would have made the moon swatch on this caliber, I feel like there would have been less gripes from the, 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 uh, what do they call that? The peanut gallery about it. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, I'm very pleased with it. I mean, for the price we paid, I really like am over the moon with it. It's just super good. 
I like it all the way around. Solid. Solid. Well, there you go, guys. It's not a fluke. Somebody DM me on the on the messages uh yesterday or the day before, and they're like, Jesus, Schmidt, your wrist is tiny. I was like, what are you talking about? Because <laughs> I guess the photo that I posted of wearing it, like my arm is being covered by my sleeve. And so it looks like the watch is massive in compared to my wrist. Oh, uh, okay. Which I was like, I was like, bro, like I have like a seven inch wrist. He goes, yeah, that's what they all say. And I was like, all right, bro. I was like, you know what? Maybe we'll do an episode to to officially confirm wrist sizes. <laughs> you said it was, was a, like, good this is a good size. He's like, yeah. I was like, wow. all right, yeah, all, right. all right, guy, I see you. I see you. <laughs> I thought it was funny. He's like, dude, that your wrist is so small. I'm like, what are you talking about? The things people love to nitpick. I know. On the webs. It's like, I wear a ploprof. Do you really think I have a small wrist? <laughs> Whatever. Not nah, hate is going to hate, you know. A little info to get into before we start rolling here. Um, I'm not trying to get ahead of myself, but I may be getting in contact with Zenith about a watch for real men, which would be no freaking believable. Shout but out to the homie. Yeah. So uh, my good buddy, Ty Alexander, might have hooked got, it up, <laughs> got me in of sorts. But anyway, just uh, definitely a an example of how relationships go a long way. I mean, it just... Even I mean, even as far as my new job is all from a past coworker who became a friend and all, but it's it's just amazing, especially in this sort of I don't know social space, how your relationships with individual people will get you certain places. I mean, even as far as I guess all three watches, if I get one now, I'll have gotten sort of with the help of somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the first year. The my my friends, the ladies out in Colorado, helped me get on with Oris. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last year, somebody helped me get contact with Nomos, and now yep. here I am, uh, knocking on Zenith. With a big door. one, with a yeah. big one. Yeah, that would be a, huge. That's a big fish on the line. So yeah, again, not not getting ahead of myself, but that would be so amazing. Yeah, for sure. And especially, uh, especially with the new launches that they just did not too long ago. Yeah, absolutely. With the new dial, so. Yeah, and I got uh, me and the guy Strap Habit have been uh, in in heated talks about what our strap for the year is going to be, and that's gonna that's gonna come out closer to the end of summer, but it's gonna be good. We, Am we, I gonna like it? Am I gonna have to buy like five of them like I did last mo- year? Most likely. And he's even uh, talking maybe like a sub a sub run, like a smaller quantity, and like a I I don't want to reveal too much, but it's really really cool. Okay. All right. All right. This means you get to tell me off air. That's what I want to know. Yeah, you know, we'll have to do a, a social media leak, like revolutional leak. It. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's what we'll do. We'll do that. I'll just, I'll just pay Waco, and you can just like leak it for us, and then you know, drop it the next day or whatever. It's fine. Yeah, uh, we've had some interesting headlines this week. I feel like it's been a while, and probably do, but I think the biggest eye opener for people is that Rolex is going to ramp up production. <laughs> so allegedly, they have three sort of satellite locations that they have. Uh... And they're going to use that to push production for all of the demand out there. Yeah. Okay. Now uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this opportunity to have to have my tinfoil hat moment here, and I'm gonna go on a, a little a little tangent. You can follow Uh-oh. me. And um, yeah, I'm gonna do a little little bro Rogan here. 
Um, so at face value, that seems all good. And everybody knows, you know, Rolex is in demand and, you know, things have been difficult to come by of recent. But there's a, a few wrinkles here that I was thinking about after reading that. Right. First and foremost, the the globe is on the brink of a financial crisis. Right mm-hmm. now, first thing to go in financial crises are luxury goods. Yep. Right. Nobody's looking to buy a six, seven, ten thousand dollar watch when banks are failing. Wait, right? you're not? Not personally. I mean, <laughs> Schmitty, I don't know what kind of what kind of money bags old man Schmitty's rolling on there. But, hey, you know, I wish, brother. But you know, I the wish. likes of us. I'm over. I'm over here trying to cop 180 dollars Seiko. That's, that's what about I'm saying. I'm the, maxed out right the now. The likes of us normal <laughs> bros. We have a mortgage. We have kids. We have the people other than ourselves to worry about. Right. Yes. Ten thousand dollar watch is not on the top of my list. That's yep. just putting that out there to start, right? And you saw when when Bitcoin took its big tumble from sixty thousand. I mean. You saw how quickly those all those bros abandoned their Daytonas and yeah, yeah. just and day dates and stuff like they flooded the market with them. I mean, granted, it was secondary market, but even that caused sort of a cascade in price just due to availability of pieces. Right. Yeah. So well, I've touched on it before. Right. Even at sort of the basement, Rolex is what, six thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, like, like if you bought an OP at retail, it's like six thousand five hundred, so, seven hundred, so, something like that. I've spoken about sort of how how many people are even able to swing that given the yeah. salary ranges and things across. And I'm just talking United States, but I think as a country, we do pretty well. So I think that's a, an accurate depiction of like somewhat of, of the global climate, um, if not the upper echelon of the global climate there. But, um, you know, it's 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 not easy for everybody to even swing these. And we, we've said that they're in high demand, but like we don't even know at the end of the day, like people always go back to, well, Rolex sells every watch. They technically they do, but who do they sell them to? Because yeah. it ain't you and me, right? And, and I mean, it's been pretty much confirmed that it's at a lot of points they were selling them out the back door because yeah, it's a gray market. Because the same people wind up with them, right? <laughs> I'm so looking like at you, you. So you don't know if that's David SW. You don't know if that's real demand or if that's in artificial demand. Because yeah, exactly. the same people are taking them. That's not individuals coming off the street. I mean, you see the lines at the doors of these places now because the, the almost the artificial demand is there because people just want to see if there's one there and they might even be pressured into buying one because if it is there, I have to jump on it now, right? It's, yeah, it's, we, like the, it's like the moon swatch phenomenon, right? You just buy it because it's available and you have the opportunity to get one. So why not? All right, so there's basically two scenarios that I, I kind of came up with here. One is that they do ramp up production and they get more models in stores and they can be more available to people, which is good. I I don't see that being like, that seems too utopian for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. Because in the face of a financial meltdown, I don't think ramping up production of an unnecessary goods necessarily makes sense in the mind. And again, people say, well, Rolex is bulletproof. Rolex is recession-proof. They're not, all right? During the, the 2008 recession, I mean, you can go back and look at prices that oh, oh hell re- yeah, that people resold for. I mean, they, they got chopped in half. Yeah, because everyone was liquefying their assets just to stay afloat or stay alive. And as you mentioned, first things that go are, are, are consumer luxury goods. People were copying. I mean, that's honestly what got so many people into watches. To the collectors today, 
There's so many people getting into watches because of that recession, because they were able to finally afford a piece because some dude lost money and he had to blow it. You had to he had to liquidate his his, his availability. So back then you could buy a sub for you know four and a half thousand five grand. You know you could buy an uh, uh, an OP or uh, Oyster Perpetual for you know three grand thirty five hundred. It made sense. It doesn't anymore. Now, here's my second scenario, which I feel like is maybe more likely, and this is where the, the old tinfoil hat comes in. What if, instead of ramping production, they say they're ramping to production, and they're just going to actually stop selling every single watch out the back door, start giving little bits and pieces out to average Joe, and in turn, try to hook in that extra cash on the back end that they normally would be, they would be selling to gray market, but maybe gray market isn't Maybe they're not moving so many pieces nowadays, right? Because of this sort of rickish uh, huh. cascade effect, right? <laughs> oh, so maybe they're wow. not, maybe they're like, oh man, I'm a little flush right now, right? So maybe they're just going to sell more pieces to average Joe. And now that will continue sort yeah, of their hot streak. Instead of a hype game, it's a numbers game. Right. So now if they're giving out little p- bits and pieces to everyone, you know, I can get an Explorer now. I can get a date just now. Okay, cool. I can, maybe I can even get a Submariner, right? Or an Explorer, like Explorer 2. Um, so now that might kind of propel them through this downward financial trajectory that everybody else is on. But people are saying, I couldn't get this. You know, I don't know if I can really swing it, but it's it's such a rare occurrence that now I can. I'm going to do it. And so that might keep their their sort of hot streak alive through this you know, tumultuous very, economy. A, that's a very interesting take because I can totally see that happening. Because you use the gray market to manipulate the markets in terms of intrinsic you know, quote unquote market value, right? Watches are only only cost what somebody's willing to pay for them. And by using gray market, you basically artificially inflate the prices of your watches, creating therefore artificial scarcity, artificial demand, and more and more people want your products. So it also drives people to your business places to to buy these watches. And when they see that they can't buy them, that further buys into the idea of the scarcity and the demand and the availability and all that stuff, right? But as you're saying, now that you have the ability to maybe become more financially invested in something where it could be an issue, now you just start delivering the products again. And so your average Joes take care of that for you. The gray market starts to come down because less people are going to be buying and flipping. So now you're relying on primary retailers to actually do that for you. That is freaking genius. I've never looked at it like that, but that is 100% genius. Well, I just thought, what, what would I do? <laughs> I mean, but it makes total sense. It makes total sense, right? Because you win both ways. You never play a losing hand. Right. And people would say, well, what do you mean the gray market? Why would they stop taking watches? Well, first of all, I don't know if you noticed, a, a lot of models have come down to the point where you, they're only making a slim margin on those now. Yep. yep. They're not making tremendous. And retailers don't want them anymore. Right. They're, they're, they don't want to be left with the bag with all these watches. So they're they're unless it's a baller piece or very desirable watch, they're not taking them on trade. Like nobody wants your Air King, bro. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Nobody wants your your Z serial Milgaus. You know? So again, my tin, my more, tin, more my tinfoil hat moment it very well could just be that they're going to ramp up production and try to, you know, get these factories online in X amount of years and see what happens, but 
I mean, we'll I'm see thinking by dollar signs. I'm thinking I'm thinking Benjamins right now. Yeah, uh, we'll see by 2025. That's also when the first you know Rolex flagship store will be open in New York City, 2025. So um, there's supposed to be a lot of stuff happening in that year for both Rolex's operations and and facility and all that stuff. So I'm not gonna hold my breath, but I guess we'll find out in a couple of years. Well, somebody's got to make all these display models, Schmitty. You mean take those display models and put movements in them and resell them as a new old CPO? stock? CPO? CPO, <laughs> certified pre-owned, new old stock? Uh, so let's let's make a transition here to, from hype to anti-hype. And this is probably my favorite story I've heard in a long, long time. Uh, <laughs> the, the homie over at Studio Underdog. The this legend. is such a legendary move. And if you have not seen this, please go check it out. My guy, basically, he lives up to the name, right? He's fighting for the underdog. He found people pre-ordering and reselling his watch before it's even delivered. He, right? Yeah. Somebody's on eBay or listing, selling the allocation, essentially right? selling the allocation, saying, I got the pre-order. I'm getting this watch. You can buy it now from me for more money. Person's using the same name for both. You just see him go on the video, cancel the sale, refund the money. So he's not playing this game. He wants yep. people to have these watches. He wants people who are looking for these to keep them and own them and enjoy them. He's not looking for flippers. He's not looking for the hype beasts. And I don't know. It was just such a cool thing to see. Like I applaud it so much as somebody who has wanted to get a watch once in a while. And you're like, you know what? That number is so small. I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, same way. That's why, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of buddies of mine have done it. And they're like, Hey, are you going to get one? I'm like, dude, I, I'm not fast enough, you know, like I don't have the quick draw and, 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 and the queued up Apple pay to, to let it rip and, and get one of those cool pieces. But I can, I can admire them. I have a lot of respect for them, but that move and then to videotape it and then post it on your brand's social media is saying, you know what, bro? Like, I don't need your business if you're going to act this way. Like good for that dude. Good for that company. Yeah. That's a lot of balls. You know, it takes a lot of that takes a lot of intestinal fortitude to just refuse a sale like that and move on. You know, and granted, he knows he's going to sell it like those. Yeah. He makes very small batches. They all sell out because they're just unique and people who like that style are into it. And he does fun colors and they're affordable. So they move. So it's not like it's he's necessarily giving up much, but I think it's the integrity of doing that will yeah. play big with his audience yeah let us know when you want to do the rich cheese radio studio underdog collab. that's right hey come on that neon I mean, pink and blue oh, yeah, that's come what I'm, on. Saying. I'm saying i mean like we can come up with something really beautiful i easily, swear easily i swear we can come up with something really cool <laughs> all right uh let's do some new stuff uh yama's got a cool watch out it's mm -hmm. a chronograph a lot of chronographs recently you notice yeah that? a lot a lot a lot a lot so I don't know if we're going from GMT to chronographs now, but it seems to be a bit of a thing, if you will. <laughs> anyway, Yama's got the Rally 5 Turbo Limited Edition. Uh, it's inspired by Renault's 5 Turbo Hatch Rally car from the 1980s. It's got a 7753 uh, value movement in it, and it's limited to 300 pieces. I believe it comes out on the 22nd of March. 39 millimeters, sandwich style. 12 millimeters thick for a chronograph is pretty darn good. Yeah. Especially with that type of movement. Yeah, I would say so. Right. 20 mils between the lugs, 100 meter water resistance coming in at 2190 
which is not cheap. But again, super limited, 300 piece. And, uh, you know, kind of their standard look that buy compacts. It's got a bit yeah. of red on it, which is a really nice touch. Steel bezel. So you're getting mm-hmm. a, a very sporty look. Creamy loom, uh, sort of an asphalt dial. And like I said, sandwich dial, which is sort of a step up for them, you know, and as far as kind and of it, unique. Yeah. And it's like properties. an odd sandwich dial because, like, the bottom where the date aperture is located at six o'clock, there's like a cutout. There's like this recessed portion of the dial, right? You have this cutout where it has rally and automatic, the date aperture, and then it makes like an L shape, which is very odd. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like this before. Kind of cuts out around the hands and then over to the 30 minute subdial totalizer, and it kind of frames it in this like weird L shape thing. But it it's really badass looking. You know, it's kind of it's kind of different. It's kind of cool. I get kind of like old school, like '90s speedy vibes in in the way that like I look at the bezel and the case, but everything else is very like '70s rally chrono, and I'm here for it. Yeah, no, it's a great looking watch, and uh, yeah, that cutout is interesting to say the least. It's very automotive. It's very like um, yeah, straight up. Yeah, like, it, it feels like a dash cluster, you know, kind of yes, like exactly. It's exactly, what I, I was, and I, I think that that's what they're to. going for for sure. It's kind of like the auto, uh, the the autodromo kind of look when they do you know the the different type of you know dial designs from the dash clusters. Um, it feels like that to me, but it's so freaking cool. I think it's really awesome. Yeah, really nice release by them there. Uh, in a, addition, another chrono, uh, our friends over at Fratello did a drop with Nevada. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. made a chronograph. It's a racing chrono, sort of a new addition. It's actually a watch that is it's a brand new case that has never been released on a Nevada watch before. So that's neat. right? So it's a completely new line, five different dials, Panda, Reverse Panda, Black, White, and I believe a Tropical Dial. They're doing a pre-order mm-hmm. this week from the 20th yeah. to the 26th, uh, 50 pieces only, 10 of each dial, uh, $1,500 pre-order. The larger drop will be in June. So if you missed that, it's not that big of a deal. And uh, 38 millimeters, they wanted to get it you know, in that sweet spot for everybody. 13.75 thick, kind of pretty regular for a chronograph. Uh, Salita SW510 movement, 63-hour power reserve. Uh, overall, pretty good looking watch. A lot of orange accents, very sporty bullet bracelet, another mm-hmm. steel bezel. I like it. I got to say, I like it. Tri compacts. So I'm lukewarm to it. Some, some texture I, on some of those dials, which I like. I'm, I'm really lukewarm to it. I love the dial texture. I love the dial finishing. I love the handset. I do not like the case. And I know the barrel case is really in right now. It is. That's what it is. And 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 I and, and I get that no shade against it. It's just I wanted something different. That's just me personally. It's my own bias. You know, don't let me dissuade you from getting this watch because it is really a cool, technically awesome watch. Uh, it's a cool collab. I love the colorways. I love the di- the dial and the and the bracelet design. You know, made by our, our boys over at Forstner. Um, but I don't know. I don't. I don't love the case. I feel like it's a little too monochromatic for me on the outside. Okay. Like the dial itself, like if you get like the panda or whatever, like there's a lot of color going on. So I get that. But some of the other ones where it's just a, a you know classic color dial, it's a little bit too mono. A little sterile. To, yeah. It just, I don't know. I feel like I'm missing something. 
I, I can't quite explain it, but something there for me feels like it's not there. No, I guess I could see that. I mean, the, the orange is very subtle, so you're really not getting a second color much in there at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I could understand that. Yeah, I don't know. It's just... I guess it's just because I look at, like, the tapered bracelet and... You know the slender, sleek hands, and the way that the 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 chrono second hand has got this nice needle tip to it, and then it's like the case. You know what I mean? Like it just, it, it's just very, I don't know, blunt uh, in your face. I don't know, but again, it's thirty-eight millimeters. So it's like, how could that really be the case? But That's what know. I'm trying to figure out. Maybe it's <sighs> just the the photos. But let me ask you another question: uh, straight bar on the lugs. How do you feel about that? That doesn't bother me. Okay. That doesn't bother me because I know so many brands did that, and and so many people during the sixties and seventies modified watches with these bracelets, where that was kind of the the thing. It was all aftermarket stuff back then, so that that doesn't bother me. I know for some people they hate seeing the gap, you know, like they don't like the 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 case in the bracelet to have a gap like that. It doesn't matter to me. I would have really loved though to see a version on a rally strap. Like a perforated black rally strap, like pigskin, you know, old school style. Maybe at least one or two reference. I would have loved it for them to sell it on that instead of just a. Bracelet. You know, that might solve sort of the monochromatic issue for you. Yeah, it, right? it could. Especially, it could very well for sure. Especially given that they have, like I said, the orange accents. If you do an orange stitched rally strap or something, that really could have pulled things together, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, and and maybe and maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I just. I don't like seeing all steel, you know, I don't like a lot of, you know, material colors where it's all basically the same. And if, if I was to get one of these, I would definitely have to get one of the versions with the Panda dial, because I think that that's also visually, you know, breaks up everything and it doesn't feel as silver. No, I feel that. All right. Last but not least for new stuff, uh, GP Gerard Perigo <laughs> dropped a new, Laureato. Uh, it's green, it's ceramic, and it's teaming up with Aston Martin, who they are in cahoots with. So this is a special yep. edition with them. This one comes in two different sizes, 38 and 42, which is interesting. Yeah. So they're giving you kind of a choice there. And you're getting, uh, you know, the usual Laureato, right? You get that octagonal look, H-Link bracelet. This one has sort of a, a very crosshatch dial, which is... Mm-hmm. Very Aston Martin, right? It goes with the Aston Martin logo. It goes with sort of the, what they said is the quilted seat pattern that comes in Aston Martins. I don't know that yeah. personally, but our buddy Akbar does. So <laughs> Wait, you don't, you don't know? I'll take his word for it. <laughs> you don't know? And it comes in British racing green, which everybody loves, I think, right? That's like yeah. a very classy, you know, awesome color. Everything looks good in that color. But so the 38, uh, it's about 10.27 thick, uh, 46 hour PR 188 pieces is going to be 25k euros. Um, the 42 is 11.8 thick, uh, 08 thick, 54 hour power reserve, 388 pieces, 25.9 euros. And they're mm-hmm. both in house movements. Really nice looking, really expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, it's the material, it's yeah. ceramic. Ceramic is an extremely difficult watch to manufacture. Not only just the case, but also in in the bracelet articulation. That's where the really big money comes from, because you have to make sure that it's going to be solid enough to handle the torquing, the flexion, 
the movement of day-to-day wearing on the wrist. And then you have to be able to make sure that it can handle impact and flexing and, you know, all that stuff that comes with it. Um, it's not an easy feat to do for sure. But uh, that explains to me totally why why it is the, the cost that it is because it's ceramic is a fickle material and it can be in certain configurations. So And it shatters. It can. It can. Like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm a big proponent for ceramic. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's just going to be like one of those materials you breathe on. It's going to explode. It's not the same way. Um, But <clears throat> your normal day-to-day sports watch, like if you bang it around a lot, um, yeah, it's not going to scratch, but it can crack. And that's the difference is it's very strong for abrasion resistance, but it's not the strongest for direct impact. So there's always a trade-off. Yeah, and I mean, like ceramic isn't necessarily a weak material. I mean, car headers are made out of ceramic. Absolutely, right. I so mean, the, there are tough applications. For when this. you when you think about what stops an Aston Martin, they're ceramic brakes. You know what I mean? Like these are these are things that that are high tech materials that undergo a lot of friction, a lot of torsion. They have to be able to operate in these kinds of conditions. Just keep in mind that when you do make a case out of it, it makes it very difficult because of all the articulation points and a bracelet and clasps and bezels, things like that. So, right. Artistry is a little bit of a, a different animal with that regard. Correct. Correct. Um, but it's very cool. I, I love the color. Um, to do a full green ceramic, this has to be one of the first in the industry, I think. Um, I don't even know if uh, if Ublo has done a full green ceramic. Somebody will correct me if I'm wrong. But um, I know they've done green sapphires but I don't think they've ever done green ceramic. But it's very cool. Um, it's one of the other versions of the GP kind of collaboration that we've seen uh, with Aston over the last couple of years. If you remember, I think last year we covered the um, the uh, the carbon uh, GP chrono that they did for Aston. Yep. Um, it was a Laureato chrono, which was also very cool. Totally very sporty. Uh, this is a little bit more subdued, I think. Um, and it's and it's kind of collaboration, but really, really sexy. Like if I had money, I would totally get it. But it's a little, little out of my price range. <laughs> but very cool watch for sure. I yeah. wish they would have stuck stuck with the original handset of the of the Laureatos right now. Uh-huh. This kind of has a little bit more of like a gentle kind of tip to it. Um, not my favorite. I would have liked the original Laureato handset, but that's just me. That's a small nitpick. Yeah, but otherwise, great looking watch and kind of interesting. They would put it in two sizes, that they wouldn't just do like a forty-one. It's the market, man. It's I think for so for so many consumers, it's like you just gotta you gotta be able to give options, you know. And there's so many people right now that are wanting larger watches. And there's so many people right now that are wanting the complete opposite of that with yep. the smaller watches again. So I think by offering it in this in this kind of two size format, it makes sense. I mean, there's a lot of petite guys that drive Astons. There's a lot of ladies that drive Astons. There's also a lot of gigantic men that drive Astons. Yeah. So it's kind of like, why not offer both? It doesn't really, it probably doesn't cost that much different in terms of manufacturing. You know, why not do it? And that one is going to help us segue into our topic. So leaving green ceramic, we just stumbled over St. Patty's Day and our hangovers. We decided we were going to do a a little rundown of (laughs) our favorite green watches, sort of in a festive 
concept for a topic for a show today. So uh, Schmitty and I, I think both of us tried to go a little bit outside the box. I mean, I, I know I have I have one homer pick on here, but other than that, I think I did a pretty good job. Um, so we're gonna rattle those off. We're gonna go back. Did you call forward. it a homer pick? A homer, like like a like when you like when you hype your home team, you're called a homer. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I thought you meant Homer, like Homer. No, Simpson. not Homer Simpson. Like I was like, like, I, like implying it was like a lazy pick, and I was no, like, oh, no, no, that makes total sense. <laughs> yes, that would also be funny, but no, a Homer is in like somebody who's like uh, gotcha, overly gotcha. favoriting their home team. Yeah, I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. Okay, that yeah. makes more sense now. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I want to be a Homer. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I guess I'll start it off. Um, I went in sort of ascending price so i'm gonna start off with my with my cheapy not necessarily cheapy but uh the boulevard devil diver in ah, green. Good choice. yeah good dude, choice. i love this yeah. watch I, this is just such a cool watch i mean it comes in around 500 bucks uh, it's a 44 millimeter diver it is unapologetically a little big a little thick but very cool all uh, overall right so you're getting the the overall dive aesthetic the whole nine you know dive watch through and through it's a bullova but it, it it very much looks like your traditional divers of the old days. It's got, you know, circular loom plots. It's got sort of rounded hands, which I really like. It's very different. It's not necessarily like, it, you know, there's no broad arrows or pointiness. It's got, you know, the old Martini Olive second, which is really cool. It's got yeah. somewhat of a Cyclops aperture there. And uh, it comes on like a bullet style bracelet. It's got that cushion case, really neat little features to it. And it's an affordable package. Again, five forty-one. I think I saw it at, but yeah, you can get that cheaper than that. Come on, we can do better than that. Right? So <laughs> we can do better than that. Really yeah. a nice. Go package. check out Macy's. <laughs> They're running good specials on that one for, for sure. Two hundred meter diver. I mean, it's you know, it's got a Miyota movement in it, but it's a really nice watch. And everybody I know who owns this is very, very happy with it. So yeah, for sure. This is one that I've always sort of had my eye on and never picked up, but. A, definitely a favorite as far as green goes. It's a, it's a neat green too. It's not necessarily, I don't know what you'd call it. It's it's like a a tiny touch bluer than it is yellow as far as green goes. Yeah, and and I like that it's also mixed with that black, like the the different black accents, yes. like on the bezel yes. and everything like that. Like that, I think that looks really cool. So it's not super overly green, you know. Right. And it's a solid pick. Neat little watch. Yeah, I mean, I have I have the original. Um, black and red devil diver when they first came out uh it's still a funky watch yeah. um horrible winding but i mean it, you get what you pay for at this price point um <laughs> but very accurate watch relatively speaking very fun watch to wear even though it's 45 it doesn't really wear like a 45 at all so don't let that dissuade you either on the size specs because the dial aperture is very small comparatively to the case itself so it doesn't really feel like a like a big watch but I think it's a solid pick for sure. All right. Let me have it, guy. So um, I went also cheapest or least expensive to most expensive. So I'll follow that trend as well for you. Um, you know, coming off the fact that I've been buying moon swatches like crazy for for a bunch of different people, um, I kind of wanted to throw a swatch watch into the mix as well. It's not a moon swatch. But um, there's a watch that I saw at the Swatch store recently that I was like, you know what? This is a really cool looking watch. And I was very tempted just to buy it for myself knowing that St. Patty's Day was coming up in a few days. Uh, but this model is part of um, the June collection, I think, from last year uh, in 2022. And this is the Back in Khaki 
Now, khaki implies it's like a tan color. It's not. It's like an olive drab green. Uh, but this is basically a swatch um, chrono. Uh, it's steel case on a either bracelet or on a rubber strap that's also green. But it's basically an olive drab kind of military style looking chronograph. I'm assuming it's going to have a very similar movement to what's in the moon swatch itself. Three subdial register chrono, matte olive drab dial, black subdials with a black kind of diving inspired bezel. Very interesting watch. Very cool looking. Um, I think this is a perfect kind of beat around watch or, hey, you know, I want to get you into watches kind of watch. I think this is very cool. The version I'm talking about on rubber is like 180 bucks. It's not that really, it's not that much um, relatively for, for a Swatch. So Swiss Watch, Swiss Chrono, Quartz, obviously, but very cool looking piece. Speaking of Swatch, and I'll I'll get onto this one in a sec. Did, did you see the story I posted like two hours ago? Oh, uh, I don't know if I did. Bro, so I'm sitting there on the couch. It's like. Oh yeah, yeah, the unsolicited like ra- like random moon swatch box from yeah. your mother in law. Yeah, so I'm sitting there on the couch and I get a text from my mother in law and I'm like, what could this be about? I mean, everybody's home. It's not like oh, I had the kids or anything. So yeah, I'm like, what could this be? I open it and it's there's no context at all and it's just a moon swatch case in a in a window. <laughs> and I was like, I I just wrote back. I was like, oh, do you know what these are? And like I sent back like a picture I have from my feed of of the the mission of Mars because the mission of Mars was in the front of the case, and she was like, "Oh my god, that's cool." I'm like, "Yeah." I'm like, "What are you doing?" And and then she starts rattling <laughs> rattling off like different. She was, she was on Fifth Avenue. She's just sending me pictures from 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 the uh you know windows of these watch boutiques and stuff. And it was just funny. I was like, "This is so random." But I was like, "I was like, I don't know." I, I look over at my wife. I go, "I go. I think somebody's catching the bug." Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, it's real easy to get uh, old mother-in-law a little Venus moon swatch and just call it a day, right? <laughs> I mean, there she's a, a petite lady, so I'd probably have to find her something real small, but Yeah, but the Venus one comes on a super small strap. Does it? I didn't if, know. Yeah, that. yeah. So the so of all of the of all the moon swatches, the the Venus actually comes with a shorter length um strap. That is interesting. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but she was she was obviously being a Long Island mom. She was looking at Cartier, so <laughs> she's gonna rock a panther. That is the Long Island mom watch. Like I know it's yeah. blown. I know Cartier's blown up a lot of recent. Before yeah. it was popular on social media, that was the watch of every mom in my hometown. Like oh, when yeah. they were picking up the kids from school. Yeah, it was funny. I was watching a, a recent Theo and ha- yeah, I was watching a recent Theo and the Harris video, um, like. It must have been a month ago or or so, or or just a few weeks ago, uh, and you know, delayed from when I saw it. But they were talking about that very same phenomenon because they're always up in like Manhasset at London Jewelers and kind of like in this Long Island. I grew vibe. up right there. Yeah, exactly. So, so that he was specifically talking about how everyone he knew growing up was wearing a Cartier tank, a Panthère, a Ballon Blue, a Francaise. You know, like just this Cartier, like that was the watch. So it makes total sense with what you're talking about, too. Yeah, but back on track. This is a neat watch. I like that it's got kind of a few different layers of green. So you got like a green strap, a green dial. They're almost the same. And then the loom is even almost like a yellowish green. Yeah, exactly. And then I like that they did a a circular uh, date window. Everything else in the watch is circular, circular markers, circular subdials. 
Why not? Right. So circular date window. I like that on Bell and Ross. I like it here. I mean, in this case, it's at the three o'clock. It's not quite mm -hmm. at the Bell and Ross uh, 430, but <laughs> the 4:30. But no, I like it. It's a it's a solid little watch, like you said, for the money. You can't really go wrong. And I think, you know, a high school kid, college kid, somebody who's just looking for something fun to have on the wrist, great watch overall. Yeah. I like it. All right. I'm gonna knock my homer pick out of the way here, and then we can we can really get on business. <laughs> I cannot talk green watches without bringing up this one. And I promise this is the only one I have. And I didn't even do a Grand Seiko. I only left it at Seiko. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. All right. Now, hold on one sec. I just remembered something I saw the other day that I'm going to have to interject here. Interesting Grand Seiko, and it's green. So here we go. I saw that. Are you familiar with uh, PewDiePie, the famous YouTuber? Uh, yes. He I was like don't... a gamer, and then yeah. he became like a phenomenon. He used to just do reaction videos of like him getting the crap scared out of him playing video games and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like people just like became like enamored with him. He's, he's like from he's from somewhere in Europe. This dude, he he was talking and all of a sudden, I don't know how he got on the topic. He pulls it off his wrist. He's got a Grand Seiko. And he said, I wasn't really interested. I wasn't really struck by, you know, all the, the regulars, the Rolexes and stuff. He goes, but this one really caught me. It was the Grand Seiko summer. Uh, summer? I think it's summer. The Rico, the, the green season with the, the gold markers and everything yeah yeah, really yeah. neat looking watch one i liked a lot but it, it's not spring drive i think it's high beat so that was yeah that was one thing that swayed me towards the spring as opposed to summer but i just thought it was interesting i'm like that dude has you know youtube money that guy's got all all the bread in the world most of those guys go straight for ap straight for yeah they go for hype, hype stuff gold, right gold I was, rolex yeah i was really astonished he decided to go with that very cool but yeah you know what i saw somebody mention this before and I was like, huh, that's an interesting. Just something I saw, just something yeah. I found pe peculiar. But anyways, if you know me and you know I'm going with a Seiko, I'm sure you've already guessed what it is. It is probably the quintessential, it's not the original, but quintessential Alpinist when you think about it. The SARB017, near and dear to my heart. One of the watches that really got me hooked on Seiko. I love this watch so much and I, I like the update. I don't love the update. The Cyclops is neat. It's novel. I don't know if I love it. I could do without the prospects X on it. Yeah. But the older one, there was just something about it. It was just, it was magical. The price was right. It was a great little Explorer style watch. I mean, you can get the occasional compass bezel. It was a little wonky. Yeah. It kind of mess up your photos because the little red north would be offline and you'd, <laughs> yeah, you'd have to take exactly. it again. It would suck. <laughs> and the, the, exactly. the strap was absolute trash. Well, again, who kept the strap? It's like when you buy a Vostok, you know immediately to just throw the trash. You don't even save it. You just throw it away. Right. But if you got that Seiko bracelet with, with the nice little square clasp, this thing wore like a dream. Yeah. And I, I still have one. It is amazing. I love it. The green dial is so great. The gold markers play on it so well. And they color match the date window. I mean, they cut, they, sorry, they didn't color match it. They blackened the date window on that one. So you had yeah. a black date when it was reverse with a white numeral, which I don't think they did on the new one with the Cyclops. The new one is a, a, a white uh, window. Right. The old one was a black window with a white numeral. And there was just something about that that just, it just played very well on that watch. And I just, yeah, I've yeah. always really liked it. Just a classic. 
But that's Amazing. that's the last one. It's the last sacred sequel, sequel I'll talk about. I'm not going to do any more homer picks, but I, you know I had to weasel one in, and that's how it goes. But that's a solid one, man. That's like that's like I think a lot of people would have that. Game. Yeah, it's an OG in the game, and there's been so many like recent Alpinist launches. You know, we just had the the All Dark series that that came out recently, uh, or the Night Vision series, whatever they're calling. Yeah, the Minutemon did a cool video on that. Yeah, he did, yeah, and I, I was that. like, oh, he's local to me too. I gotta, I gotta go see him one day. That's actually way cooler than I thought too, because we talked about it. We were like, "Yeah, it's not really for us." And I saw his video. I'm like, yeah, "I might want one." Yeah, but you know what? That's the thing. Like, you never know until you really get one in your hand. Yeah, that you can make that sure. final decision. That's why I always tell people to go check things out and not take everything at face value. Yeah, he's a he's a good guy. Derek's a good guy, so for sure. Um, okay, how many more picks do you have? I'm just curious. Uh, three. Okay, all right. I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip one of them. Maybe I'll do it as an honorable mention. All right. So going up a little bit in price points. Um, something that I've had my eye on for a while now, but I don't know anybody that owns it. I've never really seen one in person, but I was always enamored with the original. And uh, this is the Bulova Space View 2020. Okay. So this is a partially skeletonized dial, if you can imagine that, with a new electrostatic movement system. The first electrostatic movement system in the world. There's literally a turbine that spins on the dial to give you the the accurate uh, timing here. Yeah. Amazing design. See-through case. Very cool. Very vintage. And again, not inexpensive, but Certainly something that um is is an amazing, amazing timepiece. I mean, this is like a this is for those people who are just so into mechanical things, like even not even watch people, but people who just want to see things work. Like, yeah, this is for them. Yeah. And I, mean, I and find that's... stuff like this neat. Like I would I would definitely just sit there and watch this thing go. And I'm not usually the biggest skeleton person. But this is just cool. Yeah. And and you know why the Space View was created, right? I do not. So the original Space Views were created as basically like Bulova sales rep watches for them to take to the retailers when they were talking about Accutron technology. So it was a way to showcase to the retailers that were going to be basically ordering the Accutron watches for their stock to see how this system worked and why it was different than, say, traditionally quartz-powered watches or mechanical watches at the time. So that's how this whole aesthetic came. And people liked it so much, Accutron just decided to sell it that way in some of the versions. That's very interesting. Yeah. But it was like a dealer showcase model first. That's very funny. So almost like how they make like those kids' play toys where you can you can see the inside of it and how it works. Yep. Except in yep. this case, you're showcasing that. That's cool. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's it's super cool. And it's funny. I, there's only other one, only one other time I've seen this, and I actually saw like a vintage Omega Seamaster Deville from the '60s that had an exhibition case back for that same reason. I was like, this is the weirdest watch I've ever seen. So it was like a gold plated case back with a Hesselite crystal like exhibition case back. Weird. It was the weirdest thing, but it was so cool to be able to see the movement inside. Speaking of vintage Omega, I thought of you the other day. Uh, Craft and Tailored has a a deep blue up for sale. Uh, don't do that. 
Don't don't do that to me. I don't need to know. I, I had to, to I had to look. I saw it come How across. Much? I was like, what? I think ten. It's not bad, but it's a cool watch. <laughs> You're telling me. I know everything about that watch. It's so cool. Well, I remembered it from we did an episode on obscure cool watches, and that came up. So did you did you know that was also a uh, a Speedmaster too? I did not. Yeah, it was actually sold in the exact same like version. Um, but it was like a like a Speedmaster version. Very interesting. Yeah, super weird. All right, continuing on with green here. I'm going to go back to a watch brand I've mentioned previously in this episode. Uh, not everybody's favorite, and one that I'm kind of hot and cold on, but I do like some of their models. I don't think they necessarily deserve all the grief they get. It's a Bell and Ross. It's the BR. V292 military green. So this one mm. has sort of like a pistachio dial. Um pretty Bell and Ross looking. I mean, it's got the 430 circular date. It's got big bold numerals, black bezel. It's sort of a more of a, a sort of a field watch configuration than it is anything else. Yeah. Not, not yeah. necessarily like more their uh you know aviation or dive watches. This is more of their field look. Yeah. It was on a, a green NATO with a, a black strap. I mean, I'm sorry, a green elastic with a black uh, stripe down the middle. Yeah, it's kind of like an Erica's yes, style, right? right. Yeah. It looks like one of those almost Marine National styles. Um, but yeah, just a really nice watch. Really nice color. 100 meter water resistant. I mean, I really in, love this watch. I like yeah, this it, watch a lot. I thought about looking one up and, you know, 3300 and you definitely get that down. 12 millimeters thick. Yeah. It's tough. This collection has come out with a lot of cool. Like I knew that they had a full loom dial at one time. They did. They there was did like a one. bright orange dial at one time as well. Like just this case bracelet and dial layout, I really like. I find it very attractive. I just at at that price, I'm just kind of like, man. There's a lot of other watches I'd rather spend you know twenty eight hundred dollars on to to get into. You know. Yeah, I almost feel like if they just drop their prices just a little bit. It would make the value there for a lot of people. Yeah, it's funny. Like this color is almost like that, almost like the swatch that we were talking about earlier. The the back in khaki. It's kind of like that kind of tannishy green. You know, it's it's a very good looking color. Yeah, it's like um, overcooked string beans green. <laughs> That's actually a great great way to point it out because everyone knows what that looks like. Sure does. Oh, that's funny. But yeah, no, this is a cool pick. I. Again, it's no frills. It's a great kind of field watch, divery watch, you know, without being too crazy. And case proportions are great. Sizing is great. You know, what's not to love? And I mean, you're getting a piece that's, that's, it's got its own identity. It's definitely Bell and Ross. It's not really trying to be anything it's not. Yeah. So, yeah. And again, it doesn't look like anything either. Got to give credit in those areas. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. For sure. I mean, it does not look like anything else that I've seen, you know, it's got a lot of like homage kind of styles to it, you know, but there's nothing that I feel is overly derivative about it. I think it's right. its own unique piece, which is yeah. cool. I like it. I like it a lot. All right. Moving on. Uh, I, I picked this one, honestly, because somebody DM'd us saying that they were wearing it this past weekend. Oh. And I looked at it and I was like, okay. This has to go in the episode. Little inspo. <laughs> Little inspo. So this is the IWC Big Pilot Watch, 43 millimeter with the okay. green dial. 
and the green rubber strap. This to me is the ultimate like Irish green. That Kelly green that's so vibrant with the sun brushing on the dial. This is a big watch of 43 millimeters. When you wear this, people are not going to mistake you and pinch you for not thinking you have green on because there's no way they can mistake it. I think this is the perfect watch to wear every year for St. Patty's Day. Like, it is that quintessential Irish green. Like, a lot of the other stuff that we talked about so far could be kind of like, eh, it's green, but is it really enough Olive, green? Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, this is green. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it is punchy. It is beautiful. We've talked a lot about the of what you know IWC has done regularly over the last several years to kind of really catapult this collection forward. Um, I have yet to see a whole lot of these 43s in person, just you know, quite honestly, because none of the retailers around where I live carry them. But um amazing watches, great exhibition case back, really nice design. I love the quick chain system that they've been pushing for so many years now. Uh, I think this is a very cool watch. And I think, you know, when they decided to make the the big pilot in 43, it was a welcomed change. You know, I don't need to have an eight-day power reserve indicator. It's much cleaner, and I think it's much more wearable for the average person. So uh, very, very cool. My only gripe, personally, is I hate the fact that the straps buckle backwards. That's just me. That's an IWC thing through and through. Grand Seiko thing through and through. It's a Tudor thing through and through. I don't get it. I think it's dumb. Any qualms, that's a small pick. Any qualms with the the rivets on this bracelet? I mean, on this uh, strap, rather? Uh, me, personally, no. Because I'm used to seeing it. I can see where it would throw off other people because it's like it's not a leather strap where you need rivets, per se. Yeah, that's kind of... It's just visually a little bit confusing for me, but... As far as the watch head goes, I mean, I'm in. I like the green a lot. Yeah. I love a classic pilot. I mean, IWC doesn't get more classic pilot than that. It's got exactly. the, the signature Gigando crown, which is really awesome. Kind of like that, you know, their, <laughs> yeah, their thing. This is the world's biggest diamond crown or onion crown you've ever seen. Like, it's massive. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you had to operate it with yeah. flight gloves and flying an airplane. <laughs> you know, because I do that every day. Right. Well, doesn't everybody who buys one? I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, these are great. The the big pilots, uh, a legend as it is. I think the 43 was a welcome addition for a lot of people. Yeah. Especially people who were sort of on the fence about being able to pull off the big pilot. I know a friend of mine had one. It was definitely on the, on the higher end of probably can't wear it for me. Yeah. 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 But I think this one is probably right in the wheelhouse if I was trying to get into that. Yeah. So definitely can't hate it. Yeah, no, it's I think it's cool. The green is like the the green. I think and I think it's what really does it for me. Because of all of the versions of this big pilot 43, I, I don't know. I'm attracted to this one the most, I think. You know, it's funny how that can happen with certain watches. Like a shade can make or break like your your adoration for a watch. Yeah, for sure. Like nailing the shade will won't be the difference between I like it and I need that. <laughs> exactly. you know what i mean like that's yeah yeah for before. sure totally totally get that's that. happening before totally get that all right my next pick climbing the price ladder a significant amount um <laughs> i'm gonna go with the zenith Ooh. and yeah this one i think i know I, which one you when picked. i saw it i wanted it so bad but 
this is it was it's just expensive <laughs> and it's the uh chronomaster revival safari yep 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 Dude, this is it. such a cool watch first of all i love this case i love when they brought back the revivals in the panda and then they they dropped this one and if you haven't seen yeah. it it's got a green dial it's got sort of the creamy loom very safari look to it um it's just awesome 37 millimeters 12 thick you know it's got the el primero movement in it yeah like it's a cool watch for sure. And the, the black sub dials. Yeah, the, the black sub dials, the lugs slope down. It comes on what appears to be some sort of a either a sailcloth or a textile strap. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like it's a little bit sportier than your um, or I should say a little more casual than like your ladder bracelet panda. Yeah. Chrono, but I, I think that's what I like about it is like I could get away with this, like wearing I'm wearing a green sweatshirt right now. Like it would it would work perfect. And I yeah. You know, I think the Safari colorway has come a long way in recent years where they started releasing, they released like the Arnie and Safari. They, we saw a lot of different Safaris come out. I mean, there was yeah. even uh, AP Offshore Safari. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That, and that's been a, that's been a long standing one for a long time. The, 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 the Safari APs, that's kind of where I think the name really came from in terms of the collector, like that colorway. <laughs> we really started with the AP, but I mean, Overall, you're right. We've seen a lot of a lot of different watches come out in this colorway. The kind of tan, you know, olivey drab, you know, military kind of like bush, you know, watch. This is sick, and it's titanium. Yeah, that's the other thing that blows me away. Like this watch is already small by proportions at 37 millimeters. This is matte micro blasted titanium. This watch must weigh nothing. You know. It, it's oh, it looks so cool <laughs> i didn't i wasn't i wasn't laughing at what you were saying when you said ap started the safari thing and everything all i could think of was somebody wearing an ap on a safari is it they, they should probably just rename it like the the ap like rhino poacher or something like yeah, what, I mean, are they, what is the person wearing an ap offshore I, doing on a safari? i mean but that's kind of that's kind of <laughs> the thing right i mean you see the original they're hunting that, big game that they shouldn't be like yeah, exactly. I mean, you've seen the original Safaris, right? Yeah. It's just, I was just laughing. I was like, oh, Safari and AP. Like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> I don't I'm going to I'm gonna hunt, I'm gonna hunt a Cape Buffalo. Like, it's fine. <sighs> yeah. It's fine. <laughs> I honestly, I think it had to do with Safari because it was like an alligator strap or something like that. Okay. Instead All of like right. a rubber strap. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <sighs> But yeah, big watch. <laughs> yeah, so very cool pick. Very cool pick. Anything else you want to mention about it? Um, I hope they make one in pink. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't that be something, huh? Yeah. No, that's it. Um, we'll we'll take a steel one. Um, we're not ready for the nine thousand dollar titanium version, but uh, we'll take a steel one. If you're donating, I'll take anything. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly right. All right. Uh, solid place. pick, buddy. Solid pick. Um, okay. My second to last pick. Uh, a little bit out of left field for me, but uh, I was able to to meet up with a, a collector buddy of mine that has the standard kind of version of this watch. Not the same colorway, but the standard version. Uh, you know who you are, bud. So thanks again for for having me and, and entertaining me. But uh, this is the Blanc Pond Fifty Fathoms Flyback Chronograph. 43 millimeters in ceramic with a green dial. Ooh. This watch is awesome. 
So it's like a grayish ceramic. It's going to have a green ceramic bezel with a green sunray finish uh, dial. Obviously, chronograph with the flyback complication. Pushers you can utilize underwater. Color matched date wheel as well. This one is at 430. I know. I know. That's very fine. It's fine. It's at 430. It's fine. Nobody cares um, until they all care. But it's a very cool watch, uh, especially in ceramic. In-house movement, obviously, an amazing watch. And I just, I love that no matter what, like the photos of this watch, in some cases, it it's like this very light spring green. Other photos, it's like this very like dark Irish green, uh, Kelly green. I think it has a lot of different light play um, attributes about it, which I think I find very interesting. And, you know, from Blanc Pond, this to me feels like a very foreign color for them. You know, they're used to gray, they're used to black, they're used to blue. This feels like very not Blanc Pond. And I think that's kind of why I like it so much. This is exactly what I'm talking about when I when I was saying that a shade can make a watch for you. This yeah. sort of mossy green dial, at least in the picture I'm looking at, it contrasts with the bezel a little. Bezel's a little darker, darker a, little, yeah. a little more subdued where you're getting this brightness in the middle of the dial and it kind of darkens as it goes out. It looks yeah. really, really nice. And the, the markers are somewhat of a green loom. Yeah, it's weird. Are, are you looking at it on Hodinkee's page? Uh, I believe it's watchlounge.com is the picture okay, I'm okay. looking at. But... Like, so like on Hodinkee's page, they have this watch, but like the main photo that they have showing of the watch, like because you can buy it from the website, is like this, like you said, like this mossy green. And then you scroll down like two inches and it's like this dark, like foresty hunter green. And I'm yeah. like, some of these this... look a little bluish even. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I don't know if it's like, if it's just like which version you get, but it's. That like is if, interesting. I'd be you know, curious the, to see these. if the manufacturing kind of makes differentiations about them. I don't know, but it's, I just, I don't know. I like it. I think it's very cool. Yeah. And it's ceramic, like we were talking about before, just a very unique material, something definitely different. And I got to say that the red tip secondhand on this pops mm-hmm. just a little bit more. Yeah. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you're getting a block pond, you know, you're getting a killer piece. Yeah. I mean, just really and, good and, and this and this is a high beat is it wow yeah it's a high beat 36,000 so five hertz with the flyback tenth of a second so like this is not a slouch 300 meter water resistance with pushers and chronograph that can be operated underwater nuts yeah, our boy our boy our boy uh mcd is probably pumping his fist right now i mean this is this is a cool <laughs> watch i don't say a lot about blanc pond because they've always kind of been a little odd for me but uh, um, this is certainly a very cool watch. Just, I'd say the probably the biggest gripe about it is the lug size at twenty three millimeters. Oh boy! <laughs> like like, it, like we couldn't do twenty one or nineteen. We went twenty three. We went super up. Yeah, let me go a little more <laughs> off the reservation. Yeah, exactly. It's fine. Strap habit got you covered. Yeah. All right. Last one for me. Um, I think people were probably hoping to hear the hulk in this episode it's not going to happen i yeah definitely I, the, not. Hulk, the hulk was a watch that i wanted when i first got into watches probably i think only because people told me you have to get the samariner right you have to it's the it's the best i've watched you have to get the samariner i was like yeah but i don't uh-huh. want the same one as everybody else what do you what else do you have 
oh, you have a green. That's nice, right? And that was before anybody else even <laughs> wanted one. Yeah. I had people Back call when me. Nobody would want, I had a jeweler in New one. Jersey call me to take one off their hands at a discount. Yeah. Okay. I mean, granted, I, you know, I, I almost went one day and it was just the drive was just too crazy with traffic. And I was just like, all right, forget it. But, um, and even now, I think I prefer the Kermit to the Hulk. Yeah. Especially when, I mean, if you've seen the different generations of Kermit, you'll see that the, the greens vary on the, the bezels. And some of them mm-hmm. are like really mm-hmm. nice. Some of them are almost like an army or an olive. And they've gotten a sort of really interesting hues. But I'm not here to talk about that. Um, I've got a different diver for my last pick and it's it's a little off the reservation i already talked about gp today so i'm going to talk geo this is the geo glass huta original cq oh i had so close to having this in my pick and i was like no i wonder if bro's gonna pick it i'm not gonna lie i automatically (laughs) stayed away from s uh seamaster 300 meter in green even though i like that so did i i stayed away from the aquatera in green even though i like that yeah I'm not trying to overlap. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm but this you. is a good one. I mean, it comes in just a hair under 40 mils. It's 12 millimeters thick. Uh, ceramic insert. A lot to love here. Just a really good looking vintage style diver. I mean, it's it's from a brand that I, I think a lot of people sleep on, but like they make some really, really nice watches. Gio. Well, I, I was talking to a collector buddy of mine and he's like, honestly, man, he's like, without the CQ, GO probably wouldn't be as significant as they are right now in this moment he's like go with the cq really helped invigorate people back into the brand because they offered a sports diver again yeah. you know it's like uh, you look at go it's like could you imagine if like longa made a dive watch right it's kind of that same that same thing right like it's just like a brand that's known for high finishing and amazing quality and amazing movement technology and all of these things when it comes to the artistry of making watches. But that's not always something that translates so well into like daily wearing. This is totally the opposite of that. And still getting all those other things I just mentioned. Yeah. And it's got the H case, which is very hot right now. So Yeah. And for the money, totally would rather buy that than a sub. I think my favorite version is the is the big date at four thirty. Oh, nice! Yeah, now that is that is a cool little riff. Yeah, it's like, like for me, like that's just the, like the troll the haters watch. It's like not only did I do a four thirty date, I did a but big it's date. enormous. <laughs> I did a big Suck date at four thirty. Exactly. Screw you guys. That is good. That's a, that's actually an excellent point. You know, like why not? Right? Like if you're gonna troll, troll man, go full send. Definitely. But yeah, I just, I really, I've always loved this watch. It's just, it's just a little pricey. Just like, yeah, the, like I want it. It's just, you know, like I said, kids, mortgage. <laughs> yeah. Again, I, I saw, I saw a, a Teddy video uh, of this watch and specifically in the green shade. And I was like, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That watch is solid. All right. My last pick. Take us home, friend. Oh, you know I had to go full send on this one, though. I had to go balls to the wall, full send, and... It's the lime green hublot. Yes, <laughs> you got it. You guessed it. That's exactly what it is. No, I mean, like you, I, I came into this episode, you know, trying to really pick pieces that were way off the reservation, 
you know, or outside of what people would normally associate with green, right? Like Hulk is green. You know, you mentioned the Aquaterra green, which is super popular. A lot of people love that watch. I do too. The new S&P in green. And all of those are two are, are true. Um, but I definitely didn't want to leave the episode without having an Omega in the mix. And for me, this is one of the penultimate green Omegas. Uh, and that is the Seamasters 300 platinum with a malachite green dial. I don't know if you've ever seen this watch. It was available in uh, a, a collection. Version. Yeah, there was a collection of four watches. Two of them were lapis. So you had a platinum dial or platinum case with lapis, yellow gold case with lapis. Then you had two versions with malachite. One was a yellow gold with malachite dial. The other one was a platinum. Yeah, I really like that yellow malachite gold. Dial. That yellow gold I mean, that is like, so good. that's like the money man gold, you know, just like yellow, brash, green. It's just like money monster. Everything about it is amazing. But for me, what I really love about the platinum version, one is obviously a much more precious material. It really lets the dial do the talking. And when you think about malachite, this is a semi-precious stone. Each one is going to be inherently different. And it's known for these extremely aggressive, vibrant striations within the dial. Every single one of them will be unique and special. And this watch, although I think it's officially discontinued now, when I've I've seen one in person, it is a showstopper. And the guy who put who who brought it into the meetup, he showed it to everybody. You you can see it from literally across the room. Like it is so attention grabbing in the very best way. And the color is just so rich and so vibrant that like for me, I would go this way because the watch itself, knowing the case material looks like steel, it's subtle gangster. But when you see that Malachite dial, you realize very quickly that you're not looking at something that's ordinary. You're looking at the boss. Yeah. And I, I actually stumbled upon the Malachite and gold before I saw the gold and green Daytona. And that was what, honestly turned me on to even the color pattern overall. And I mean, this, this was, a, I, I, I lusted over this watch for a long time. The gold that is, yeah. the, the platinum is nice as well, but just the, the Malachite itself. I mean, I'm, I like stone dials. I've, I've said a lot of times, whether it be lapis or the old tiger eye dials or yep, yep, yep. Onyx, and they're all just really cool. Cause like you said, you're getting something different in every one, just like you do with like, say like the Oris upcycle, you're getting yeah just a unique, pattern and you, you don't know what you know piece of stone it got chiseled off of so it's just cool to see it's like somewhat piece unique and uh you know it's it's a it's a conversation piece at the end of the day right it's, it's something out of the ordinary and like you said it's a, it's a semi-precious stone so it's just neat it's something neat overall it's it, it's not just uh you run of the mill dial on a on an expensive watch so yeah a lot but of the, love yeah the color Oof. It's so it's so good. I mean, and I do love it in yellow gold. I just think if I'm going to spend the money, I'm going to go for the forty six thousand dollar platinum one. I know the the quandary there. The uh, <laughs> the issue there is, it's quite a difference between the two, for right? Sure. And the the issue a lot of people run into there is that the the white or the uh, platinum. A lot of times, you know, you won't be able to tell platinum between white gold or stainless steel. Oh yeah, the gold is identifiable as gold. <laughs> 
Yeah, 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 for sure. That's what a, a lot of people would make the distinction, say, well, I'm going to get the gold just because I know people will know what that is. But, I mean, the, the platinum is a, a baller, subtle flex in yeah. itself. Oh, by the way, uh, this this Resin Seiko, uh, I will coin this the Flex KX. Flex KX? The Flex KX. Because it comes on this flexy rubber strap, it's made of resin. So it's no, like, no, Swatch KX. But doesn't be not made by not made by Swatch. <laughs> no, but that's something that people understand. Regardless, it's cool. I don't care what we call it; it's cool. But I don't know why I just remembered that. But that was I was I was stewing <laughs> over it as I was as I was what doing do we mindless you? work, and I was like Flex KX because you know had to ship them halfway across the world why not <laughs> we get to pick the names man yeah uh all right uh, is that everything on your end my friend that's everything on my end man i kind of i gotta had to end with the big ones so yeah i mean I, I think that's the right way to go and i i think there's a lot i probably left off but um totally you know i mean green got very hot recently back in the day this would have been a lot harder but you know just in the in the in the name of saint patrick's day a nice green watch episode. But there you uh, go. thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week on Rich Cheese Radio. Later. Take care.